I can easily easily let that thing fall. (laughs) I was looking for an icebreaker. Thank you, Donovan. So can we just maybe just take a moment and just close our eyes where you're at? Because I can preach today and I can maybe, by the grace of God, preach a good preach and say a lot of good stuff. And But at the end of the day, if we leave here and our hearts have not shifted, then, we, then it was just a bunch of words. So I want to just take a moment, maybe just where you're at, just close your eyes. And it's just you and Jesus. And I think just as we were beholding him, as we were beholding the lamb, the king, the man on the throne, as we were beholding him this morning and singing, worthy, worthy, worthy. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. You're worthy of it all. Just where you are at in this moment, wouldn't you just say, Lord, you're worthy of it all. And just lay down the things that might be hindering you at this moment. If there's worries about the future, if there is, um, if you're upset about the past, if there's unforgiveness, if there's offense, all these things does not matter in light of eternity. Let me just tell you that it does not matter in light of eternity. Because we have a lamb that's on the throne. We have the king who reigns above all. The one that reigns above all. And you have an opportunity this morning to forgive because Christ has forgiven you. If Jesus has not forgiven us, then you and I would not be here this morning. I certainly would not be here. And so we have this opportunity to forgive those who have sinned against us. We have the opportunity to lay down the offenses that might be hindering us. We have the opportunity to say, Lord, I trust you in the midst of chaos, in the midst of what's going on. We have the opportunity this morning to say, Lord, you are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name, God. Blessed be your name. Job, in the midst of death, when his his family died and his wife died and and sickness came and, and his land was destroyed and he had nothing left, Job chose to say this. God, blessed be your name. Worthy king. Worthy king. So, Lord, this morning we come. We come to you, God, not because we deserve this, God, but we come by the blood of Jesus, by the grace of God, because of the cross on that hill where you died upon, Lord. We come because of the work of you, of Jesus, Lord. We come to you this morning, and we ask, God, let us only see you this morning. If there's any hearts of stone among us, God, would you make it soft, Would you make it soft, Lord? You are worthy, God. Amen. So, um, 
think I know most of the people, but for those who don't know me, my name is Francois. Um, you have to brag about your wife if you're in France. So if my wife is here, but in the toddler's room, um, I'm one of the elders here serving, and um, we've actually been part of uh, AM. We've, we were in PM, but we're part of AM for the last three months already. Can you believe it? No, longer, four, four, five months. Yes, sir. It was in May, June. Um, and it was just an, it's just an absolute privilege to, to, to get to know so many of you and just to serve alongside of you um, to get his bride ready. So I, I, uh, I grew up in a family where we went to church <laughs> on a regular basis. So I'm just, I, I haven't, I was one of those guys when you see him, you just want to smile. Um, so, so, yes, man. Can I just prop? Sorry, I didn't expect this. Ah, oh, yes, So I just want to. So I just feel like the Lord is 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 proud of you guys. I feel like the Lord His love for you is so much more, and I, and and um, and I know the journey has not always been easy, but I feel like He said the Father says He's proud of you, and um, and even how you've been serving His people and loving His people. And so, Lord, I've, I've asked that even in this time, Lord, that you would grace them with even more capacity, Lord, and give them the wisdom to pull back if they have to pull back at times, Lord, um, and to love one another, God. And I, I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would just reveal to them more the love of the Father um, as, they, as they spend time with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Cool. Eugene laughing. Um, so we went to church. I went to church on a regular basis with my parents because it was a Sunday thing to do. Um, and then when my parents got divorced, um, they didn't go to church anymore. So I had the choice to go to church or not. And I didn't always go. And when I went, I went for all the wrong motives uh, to meet girls my age. <laughs> so, so it was all, everything, all the wrong motives, and I didn't go for Jesus. But, um, and I remember um, even going to hostel I became the, uh, by the grace of God, again, the, the leader of the UCSA. In Afrikaans, it's the VCS Fears. It's the youth group at church. Um, not at church, in the school. So I just want to start my timer quickly. And um, what happened was I was, I, was leading, I was leading the youth group at school, and I had encounters with God like never before. I was praying for people. They they experienced God. I remember the one guy came to me. He's like, "Is he wants this that I have? Like, he's older than me, man. He's like, I'm a trick and I'm a grade nine guy. And he says to me, yes, I just, something about you is different. And I want that. Like, you're not ashamed to share the gospel or the truth of Jesus. And I want that. And I remember I went through this. And uh, I really loved the Lord, really loved uh, declaring things about the Lord, preaching the, the gospel. But then as I became the leader of the UCSA, there was people that was a little bit jealous. And they brought up my, prop, my past. And they were telling and spreading lies about me in the school that I am still drinking on weekends and still partying and stuff. And that lie started going through the school. And the teachers came to me and they asked me what's going on. And in that moment, I got so upset. And because I wasn't part of a church, I had no one to go to. So I just became upset. My heart hardened. And I pulled back completely. So when you're in a hostel, they actually, 
force you to go to church. It sounds bad. But if you're a leader, they tell you you have to go to church on Sundays when you stay in. So we went to the church. But I was sitting there amongst the people, and I was upset. I decided I'm going to leave this whole thing, this religious thing, because people, they call themselves Christians, and they're hurting me. And uh, I decided I want nothing to do with church, nothing. Uh, I sat and I judged the people in front of me. I said, this, this teacher sitting here, you know, he's like all speaking about Jesus, but then he does this and this and this. And it wasn't right of me to think that. I was just hurt. I got hurt by the church. And so I no longer saw the need for it. I'm like, if I can be a Christian and call myself a Christian and make my status on Facebook, I'm a Christian, everyone can see it, then that's enough. All right, it's just me and Jesus. And um, I remember uh, the Lord saved, brought me back miraculously, story in his own. And um, I went to Bible school, <laughs> not Lanky Church. And then in Bible school, you had to go to church. So when I became part of T TMT, Timothy Ministry Training, there's a bunch of students coming down soon. Um, also going to just serve among us and live among us after the 412. It's exciting. But when I was in Bible school and we became part of Josh Jane, I said, whoa, why do I have to go to church? Like, come on, I can just do my own Bible study and learn about Jesus and, you know, say the right thing. Why, do I, why are you forcing me to go to church? What is, why? But I had hurt because I got hurt by people because we're all broken people and we all sometimes, this is probably a harsh word, but manifest sometimes <laughs> when you and your wife have a fight on your, I'm sorry, if you and your wife had a fight um, on your way to church and, and you just walk in here upset and you're just looking down and Donovan goes like, waves at you and you just keep on walking, not seeing him and Donovan goes like, you'll see this guy really doesn't like me. Or you just come in and somebody accidentally don't greet you. This guy doesn't like me. Or you get offended because you don't agree on stuff. Like, I don't know. But I had all that in my heart. And the Lord had to come and restore this thing inside of me. You know, we, li we live in a culture today where we get forced to look more on the inside than to look at those around us. Your phone forces you to just look at yourself and isolate yourself. We live, in a, we live in a society where people isolate yourself. And actually that thing overflows sometimes into the church. We start isolating ourselves. There's a proverb, and I'm going to misquote it, but please go check me. But it says, uh, the man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. Yes. And so we live in this society. We get this thing called the metaverse. Who's heard of the metaverse? All right, some of you. Crypto. <laughs> yes, crypto metaverse. So the metaverse is um, this thing where they put these, you might have seen it, these big goggles on them. And then they basically live in another world or universe that the... Uh, that technology has created. So you can create your own world and you can mingle with people from overseas by wearing these glasses and moving around. There's this whole thing going on. But the new thing with this now is you get the metaverse church. Yeah, you should go, oh no, that's very bad. Like I saw some videos. I saw some videos where the, where they, where the 
So you, in the metaverse, you can be anyone you want to be. So you can dress up or be a bunny or be a clown or be a block floating around or you can make yourself old, you can make yourself look like you want to. And it's like, that's another issue. It's like, people don't accept me, so I go into the metaverse, so I become who I want to be, so people can accept me. And I isolate, isolate myself in my room, and it's just me and with the goggles in the metaverse, socializing with people. And even when the people go into church, there's some churches out there that has a metaverse church, and the people walk into, you see when the guy puts the, shows the video, they go into this big hallway that looks like a movie theater, and there is a video of the guy preaching, one of the uploaded preachers on YouTube, and you'll see the people sitting there. They all said Bugs Bunny, Superman, and all these guys in their characters, and they'll sit there. It's crazy. You can't believe it. And they watch this thing, and then afterwards, the guy that is part of the church, he also is wearing his metaverse uh, goggles, and he's standing in front next to the screen, and then he goes like, so who wants to accept Jesus? I'm like, okay. And then somebody puts up their hand, and then they go out of this thing. This, everything's created by people. And they go out of this thing, these characters, and then they baptize the guy. This character, you see, I'm like, what is going on here? So you don't have to, you don't have to go through the uncomfortable thing of getting wet, because you're in your room, you're dry, and your character gets, gets uh, baptized. But that's what culture and society and the world is taking us into, trying to, because you and I might not, I'm like, I can't put that thing on my head, I'll be gnar, but, but our next generation, Jamie, he's at the back at the moment, he's going to get used to this, this technology thing, and it's pushing us more and more to isolate ourselves, and why do we isolate ourselves? Because we're scared of getting hurt sometimes. We're scared of people not accepting us. Online church was good when it was COVID lockdown. But I can almost, I can with 100% confidence say that online church is not God's plan for us. And there's more people staying, and that's, that's the effect of COVID. But there's more people staying at home because it's comfortable. I mean, <laughs> I remember when we got up, we couldn't leave. You get out of bed, your pajamas, you make your coffee, you can sit on the couch and you watch Andrew Seeley <laughs> in your pajamas. <laughs> I mean, that's comfort to the, and when they worship, you go like, you put it a little bit softer, you quickly make some more coffee, do your duties. Hey, the guy's preaching. Okay, let me sit and just watch. You guys are laughing because you all did it. <laughs> I don't have to feel, <laughs> but it's true. COVID made us isolate ourselves. And COVID made online church sometimes even better for some people better than real church. Because I don't have to get out of bed. I can get out of bed or I can watch it in bed because some people have TVs in their rooms. Bless you. Um, but they, can, they, they lay and watch it and drink the coffee and then go on and go play golf or go out and that's it. I don't have to deal with the relational thing of actually saying, hi, good morning, Yaku. I haven't met you. I haven't said hello to you yet, but good morning, Yaku. I, have to, I don't have to do that. I can't, you know, I don't have to pick up of things. I can, it's just me, me and my wife maybe. And when we have our fight, then I sit in this room and she sits in that room and we still do online church. <laughs> but that's what it's become. And more people are leaving this because they would rather just 
go to the metaverse or online. Is that God's plan for us? Was that what God thought when he decided he wants church? And is church just something that uh, we've created nowadays? Like, you have to go to church. If you don't go to church, then you should feel bad. And then you should come to church twice afterwards again. And then when you've done it enough, you can tap yourself on the back and say, I went to church. You know, I'm right with God. I can go on and I can go next month again. What was God's original attempt? Is that the right word? Attempt. Intent. Attempt. You attend something and you intend something. Intent for us to actually come to a physical building. I hear people say, you know, it's just a building. <laughs> yes, it is just a building. But there's people in the building. And this makes it practical because... I'm like, if we want to be comfortable, this is comfortable. I know of people like in Stoll Bay where they had to sit under a tree and have church because they don't have a building. But there's something of a plan of God here. There's something that God intended for us. And I want to look at it biblically because I don't want to give you guys what I think or Greg or, or Eugene or Donovan. I don't want to tell you what we think. I want to tell you what God has intended for us. Because if you see what God has intended for you and what God commands then we can do that. And so I really trust that it won't just be information, but it will drop to your heart and you will understand that there's a desire for God, in God, for us to be a church. So, I'm going to look at a long passage. Please bear with me. It's 19 to 25, so that's six verses. Um, and I'm going to use this as my main passage just to show us why God create the church why he says we need to gather together so hebrews 10 verse 19 to 25 all right it says this therefore brothers since we have sorry i just want to land on that brothers it's like when we say all of humanity or or we use hey man and as and i know she's a woman but i use it as a Plural, so that's what the same thing is happening here. So brothers or sisters, it's all of us. Since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together. That's a commandment. Eh? That's something that it's not just hearsay. It's not just, you know, you can decide. It's just don't neglect to meet together, as it is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, he says, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. So when the writer of Hebrews wrote this letter, all right, he didn't write it necessarily to us. He wrote it to a church. Okay, so he wrote it to people. So this means when he says, as is the habit of some, it means that there's people who didn't come together. Okay? 
Now, if you look at the context of Hebrews and look at what Hebrews, um, why the writer wrote the letter, you'll see that actually he was writing it to a bunch of Jews that became Christians, accepted Jesus as their Savior, but because of the conflict and because of the people, the Jews saying Jesus was not the Messiah and they, they pushed them away and um, what's the word when you persecuted, thank you, Eugene, persecuted them, um, pushed, you know, just shut them down from society. Some Jews were actually deciding to say, okay, maybe this is not the Messiah, and they became scared and they ran back. So in the midst of persecution, the writer is telling them, so you and I, we say we get persecuted. Yes, we do, in a sense. But because you have a flu doesn't mean you get persecuted, all right? Or because of of busy life doesn't mean it's persecution. So we can pull this through today to ourselves. And think about it. The guys were facing persecution. Some were beaten. Some were killed. Some were, their families pushed them away. They didn't want anything to do with them. They were experienced persecution, all right? Much more than we are experiencing today. And the writer is telling them, do not neglect to meet together. In the midst of what's going on, do not stop meeting. Just to give you guys some, some, uh, some background on that. So the first point, if you're making no notes, he says this. Just go back there to the first um, verse there, please, Gina. Um, the next one. Oh, no, I haven't. There's one that says we have confidence. Well, I'm going to find that. But it says we have confidence to draw to enter, to draw near. And he uses this picture of the, the curtain that was the flesh of Jesus. You know, in back in the day, back in the day, when they still had a tabernacle, way back, um, what they would have is high priests, okay, that would actually atone. They would make, um, they would make a sacrifice and they'll, they'll take the, the blood of the sacrifice and atone, which means ask for forgiveness from God for the sins of Israel, all right? So the, only the high priest was allowed to go into the Holy of Holies. No one else. Only the high priest. If you go into the Holy of Holies, which was where the presence of God resided, if you go in there and you're not a high priest, you'll die. Like, dead. Klar. So only they, they could go beyond, there was a curtain, go beyond the curtain and make sacrifices or atone for, ask for forgiveness for the sins of the people. All right. Now the writer of Hebrews, when you look at it, he's speaking about the work of our new high priest, which is Jesus Christ, who came to die on the cross. For what? For our sins. So he shed his blood so that now you and I, when you put your faith and trust in the work of Jesus Christ, you and I can now have a relationship with God. And so the writer is saying this, because of the work of Jesus, you and I can have what? Confidence. Have you ever seen someone do something with confidence? Because I had to laugh yesterday, so this is a very worldly example. But who was watching the rugby? It was a bittersweet win because we didn't win the uh, championship. But Dwayne Vermeer, and he came on. See that guy's there and he's ready and they want to, we still need to what, what, um, win the game. And Dwayne Vermeulen comes on and he gets the ball. 
And he runs with confidence. Like, he runs. I was like, I don't want to be that guy in front of him, eh? And he runs, but he goes, like, with confidence that he's going to break through that line of defense in front of him. He, like, it's like, do you want to just come here quickly? Greg, just stand up quickly. You, uh, Iron Man, eh? Not. We want to taste the confidence here, Greg. I want you to run. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but imagine Dion runs with confidence onto you, knowing he's going to get, he's going to run over you flat. I'm, with confidence, I will get out of the way. That's what I'll do. <laughs> so the writer is using this word confidence to draw near to God. The beauty of the church is this. That because of the work of Jesus, if you are in the family, when you're a people of God, if you decide to trust and follow Jesus and he sacrificed and said, Lord, I give you my life. You and I now no longer need to go to a high priest. Because you and I, because of the work of Jesus, can have confidence to approach him together. Imagine we come in on a Sunday, everyone, and we have this confidence. So um, this, is, this is a massive topic for me, like uh, this is my heart. So we have just the church, we have confidence when we go through that door. That nothing that happened this week, nothing that will happen, no worry, no fear, no sin, nothing can separate me from the love of God because I have confidence this morning to come to Jesus. It's not Greg leading you to Jesus. It's not me leading you to Jesus. It's not the worship leader leading you into the presence of God. You have confidence to step into the presence of God. Guys, this is so important. That's why we gather together. Because yes, we could do it in a secret place and in our Bible, read our Bible at home and everything. But God had a plan. I'm going off my notes now. Praise the Lord. Church is not a new thought that we've thought out just to keep people in line or to control people. When you go back into the Old Testament, you see a people of God coming together. I had a lot of scriptures and I had to just put it aside because I had so many scriptures. But they script, go to the Old Testament. Go read the Old Testament and go see how the people of God gathered together. Why did they gather together? And this is my next point. We have confidence, but also because you and I are saved. Something happened inside of us. We are no longer of the world. We might be in the world, but we're not of the world. And the Bible uses this language. It says, you are a light on a hill. So when we come together like the people in the Old Testament, God got a people together to show the rest of the nations that he is God and that they can testify like a lamp to those nations and say, come, come. This has been God's plan always. Always it's been his plan that a people will gather and be a testimony and shine their light, not just as one, not just as two, but together as a bunch of people, shine their light so that people can go look in and go, what is happening? What is different about these people? What do they have that I don't have? 
I'm, I'm okay, sorry. When I said smile more and shout less. Okay, I'm going to smile more. <laughs> I get passionate about this topic because I was hurt and I did not like the church, but I see something, I see a picture. And so I'm going off my notes for that reason. But today, churches, and I'm not here to badmouth any churches, but I get, I get upset when I see churches out there wanting to incorporate a bit of the culture outside so that more people can come through the doors. You know, we need to be hip. And there's nothing. I mean, look at Donovan. He's hip. He looks cool. He looks nice. Sometimes I want to look like him. But it's, it's not bad to dress nicely and all these things. But there's something of like, we want to incorporate that. So when people come in here, they don't feel uh, uncomfortable. They don't feel, they feel at home. They can come in. Did I say something wrong? No, sorry. I, they come in and they go like, oh, okay, I can sit now. There's a, there's a church out there that has musicals on Sunday, all right? So they'll do uh, A Star is Born and they'll do Metallica and they'll do all these things. And there's this massive show so that people can be comfortable when they come in. Let me ask you this. Again, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. When someone walks through those doors, they should know there's something different. We so easily want to go sometimes into the book of Revelation and figure out the horses and the storms and the this and the this. And like somebody said to me, no, I need to decipher it. I'm going to make it simple for you. The purpose of Revelation is this. Jesus is coming back. That's it. Jesus is coming back. And he's not coming back for one person. He's coming back for a bride. Guys, I know that sounds very uncomfortable because we're men. But he comes back for a bride. And he uses this language and this picture of a bride. Because what happens when a bride arrives on a wedding day? She arrives with white dress and now there's off-white and white that I learned but white I only see white um, so she, she arrives with a white and that symbolizes even in culture purity and so the Bible says Revelation says clothe yourselves all right look after because you're the bride of Christ and God is coming back for you and so the purpose of Revelation is this God is coming back are you ready Jesus is coming back. Are you making others ready? Jesus is coming back. Are you bringing people into the church? We are not supposed to look like the world. We are supposed to be different. The Bible uses this imagery of darkness and light. We are the light of the world because of Jesus inside of us. We can't get go a little bit darkness in here, a little bit darkness in here. No, 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 no. We are supposed to shine and all darkness needs to disappear. He says, what does it help if you have a light on a hill and you, clo you close it with a with an emmer or whatever? Load shedding. <laughs> wow, I'm good. No time. Okay. And so God has created a people in the Old Testament 
And in the, in the New Testament, we see a people again. And if you belong to Jesus, you are part of that people. And I even want to encourage us that if you feel like you're not part of this people, if you're looking in and you're seeing something different, if you're tasting something, you say, well, I want to be part of this. It's simple. The work has been done. You have to put your trust in the work of Jesus Christ. Lay down your life and follow him and come with us on this journey. It's so, so, so just to jump back to my notes because I went off completely. We gather because we, we belong to him. And God's plan has always been to have a people that belongs to him, to shine his light to the world out there. That's why we gather, because we belong to him. I, I read this scripture, and it broke my mind, because as I was preparing, I read it in this context. Psalm 100, verse 1 to 4. It says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. When we come on a Sunday and we worship, make a joyful noise to the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. It says, come into his presence with singing. Oh, I long for the day. I long for the day when we come through that door. And you can't keep a note, but you're singing. Why? Because you belong to him. Because we belong to him. And it's a privilege for us because we belong to him that we can gather and sing of his goodness. Because of what he has done for us, even when I'm out, even when I'm down, even when I'm not feeling like it, I can still sing. Because the reality is this, if you feel it or not, Jesus is on the throne. And he's in 100% control. 100%. He says, sing. Now we can taste this next Sunday. Come, No, over here, over here. Come into his presence and sing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us. And we, not I. We are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And then it says this thing that we know, all of us know this part. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. It says, enter his courts. Enter his gates. Enter his courts. Why? Because we have a high priest who died on the cross made sacrifice for our sin, and now we can come. We can come. You can come freely with confidence. Together we can come with confidence. Together we declare. I must, you guys are still with me. I know I'm getting very passionate, but it's this, this thing, the church, is God's heart. This is important. We can prophesy. We can sing, we can preach, we can do all these things. But if we miss this, then we miss it. Ecclesia, and I'm going to, and then I'll go to the next point. Ecclesia, that's the word that gets used in the New Testament a lot for church. It says when Paul and Silas, I think it's Silas, but Paul and somebody went to the church, the word gets used Ecclesia in the Greek. Which means this, it says, it's a call, Ecclesia means a called out assembly or congregation. You know, when people say, I'm the church, church is in my heart, me and you are the church. 
when you look at the word ecclesia, you look at the word church, it says a called out assembly or congregation. And that's that thing of 1 Peter 2.9. Um, you are pe- you're a people for his own possession that you may rec- proclaim the excellence the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into the marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Ecclesia. Ecclesia, which is the called out assembly. We are the called out assembly. I touched on this. We are the light of the world. A people called out to be God's people. It says, once you were a people of the devil, children of the devil, now you're people of God. So how does this look on a Sunday or in Com or when we get together? Worship. In worship we declare. You might see some people go mad in front when we worship and shout and dance prophetically on stage. Hey, Michael, sometimes. Why do they do that? Because they sometimes not even words are enough, but you want to proclaim with your body the excellencies, the wonder of God. And that's a testimony to those around us. Why do we come share testimonies? To declare the excellencies, the wonder, the marvelous things of God. And then the second thing is this. Let's go to Romans 12 verse 5. Why do we gather? It says this. So we, though many, are one body in Christ. And individual members of one of another, one of another. Is that the only thing I have? Yes. First, yeah. One of another. You belong to God, and we see this in Hebrews, belong to God, but you also belong to the person next to you. Look at the person next to you. You can say, I belong to you, especially if it's some, yeah. yeah. I belong to you. I belong to you. God reconciled, made relationship available again with him, and we belong to him, but we also belong one to another. We are one body. He uses this image of a body. Why? Because one body has many members, stuff that we don't even see inside here. I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to try to get medically. I know toes, elbows, and knees, and head. The Bible says that those that you can't see, the, the parts that you can't see, are the most important. And the parts that you can see, sometimes not that important. It's important, but I mean, for me to function, I need the stuff that you can't see. All right? And a body... I have one, and, and that scripture says, be united in mind and in heart, all right? So when I, already, my mind decided I want to pick up this chair and put it down. And my mind decide, I decide now, my brain, I want to climb onto this chair. But what if I want to climb on and my, my, my left leg goes with it, but my right leg doesn't want to go with it? Then I have this the whole time. I feel like I have to fold to make this even more dramatic. <laughs> but I don't have medical aid. So that's not a good plan. <laughs> I've got Jesus, all the healing people. So 
my body needs to work together to do a certain purpose, to climb onto the chair and stand onto the, on the chair. We need to work together, one mind, to accomplish that which God has called us for. Each one of us, you, if you believe it or not, are a member in this body. God has placed you in this body to belong to one another so that we can do with one mind, one goal, do what is asked of us. And that's why we have elders. We have the apostolic. So that they can help us see where God wants to take us. And give direction so that we can follow. That's the structures. This is not elders. It's not something that I put in place or somebody. Elders is in the Bible. And God has structured his church this way so that the elders can give direction and we can come together. Not because we are better, but because that's the way God made it. So we can come together. Elders are the servants. And so we as a body need to work together. Not go this way or this way. We need to work together. That's what we gather. To work, to hear what does God want of us. I must probably get down. And also the body, if one part suffers, everyone suffers. So if I have something in my eye and my eye can't really, I can't open my eye, then my direction is off and my whole body goes this way. And so the writer also says this. If one part suffers, everyone suffers. Why do we get together to encourage one another? I'm struck. It's crazy. When you go look at the New Testament, and I made a list. I can send it to you if you want it. Just every letter, every epistle that the writer is writing to churches, he says this, encourage, exhort, build up, let there be no division. He hits those things the whole time. Because why? Because we're human and stuff like that happens. But he says, work it out. Because we need one another. He, say, he, say, he says, um, uh, the writer of Hebrews says, those that are in prison, not because they did something wrong, but because they were persecuted and thrown into prison as, as Christians. Those that are in prison, it's as if we are in prison. Like, relate with them as if you're in prison with them. It says, when somebody, um, when somebody rejoice, rejoice with them. If they weep, weep with them. How much do we do that as the body? When somebody loses someone or something, we weep with them. We're there with them. We're, we're there with them. I don't know what you're going through. I had to send a message to someone this week. And I didn't know how to send it. They lost a child. And I was like, they're my friends. They're in the body. I want to encourage. But I don't know what to say. But I was there. I encouraged. I said, I don't know what to say. But I'm praying for you. I'm there with you. And when someone rejoices, we rejoice with them. Because their win is our win. Their loss is our loss. Because if the body thrives, we're all thriving. If one part is thriving, we're all. If one part is healthy, we're all healthy. And if another part struggles, we all struggle. And that's why we get together. If you do not know, and it says here there's many parts and many, the eye sees and the mouth speaks there's many parts if you do not know how you fit into this body you do not know your gifting 
You don't know where you should serve or what you should do. There's two things. One, go to your community leader or elder and ask them, where can I serve? But two, your job, <laughs> that sounds very bad. My job, our job, is to encourage and exhort and lift up. And say, hey, man, like, how are you doing? Just can I just share with you what Jesus did in my life? And that guy gets encouraged. My wife said to me, Tracy, we were, um, <laughs> look at Tracy's face. What are you going to say now? We went to that house once, and uh, we just had, like, she struggles the first night away from Jamie. And she was a little bit emotional. And Tracy just said to her, no, let me just pray for you. And she prayed for her. And she just felt encouraged. Nothing happened. She didn't get less emotional. <laughs> She enjoyed it later on, but she was encouraged. Sometimes just a prayer. That's our job. That's what we're called to. We belong to one another, so we encourage one another. The same body. The same body. And that's why we gather on a Sunday, not to do a religious duty, but because I know if you're missing, if I'm missing, somebody else might be missing out. If you're missing, I might, I don't have that fellowship with you. If you're missing, what if God wanted to speak and do something for you? Whether it's publicly or private, in the back, hey man, can I just pray for you? On communities, when we gather, it says when you gather, each bring a hymn, a psalm, a spiritual song. Those things. He says when you gather, when you come to people, do you ask of the Lord, Lord, how can I encourage my brother? What can I bring? Not because I have a lot to bring, but because I know I'm part of a body and you want to use me. And I belong to him and he belongs to me. And that's why we gather. Church is not... Oh, I got so many notes that I didn't get through. Church is not just a club you belong to. Not a social club. It's the vehicle God wants to use. It's what's God's purpose, that we belong to him and we belong to one another. Therefore, we want to gather. We want to gather. We want to gather. And can I just say this? He, he uses a, and I'll, I'll end with this, but I feel like I just need to say this. You know, the gifts of God that he gave us that we see in Corinthians 13, ah, sorry, 12. 1 Corinthians 12, we go through the gifts and we go through all the giftings that we have. It's not for us. Your gift of prophecy, of encouragement, of worship leading, of prophesying, it's not for you. It's for the person next to you. It's interesting that Paul writes and he goes, 1 Corinthians 12, he names the gifts. And in 1 Corinthians 13, love. And then 1 Corinthians 14, tongues and giftings again. There's this chapter in the middle, and Paul reminds us that the gifts are there for love, to love one another. And love is laying down your desires. It's not about me being the man or me being the guy. It's about us. And so I love you, therefore I want to serve you with my gift. That's what I want to do. I want to serve you with my gift. Let us be a people of God. 
a people of one another and gather, even if it's uncomfortable, even when I have offense or unforgiveness or whatever it is. Bring it to God. Ask someone to pray with you. Go sort it out. The Bible's full of it. Go sort it out. Go chat to the person. Go sort it out because there shouldn't be divisions among us. Selfish ambition should not be among us. We need to love one another. That's why we do it. So maybe we can close our eyes, eyes together. And um, I want to make this call. If you, if you're on the outside looking in, you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior. You never accepted him. You never put your trust in him and the work of Christ. And so for you, hearing about this body belonging, and you want to belong to Christ and to one another, but you've never decided to follow him. And this is the first time that you're making this decision. Why don't you just lift your hand? This is the moment. Just lift your hand. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. I'm going to give a little bit more time. If that's you, just lift your hand. And we want to pray for you, with you. All right. I don't feel anything specific that the Lord is asking me to wait, so I'm going to believe that every one of us is saved and belongs to Jesus. But I want to make a second call. You've heard what I've said, and I've said a lot of things today. But you've heard the thing of there's a body that we belong to. There's a Jesus. We belong to him together. And he's asking of us, to love and encourage and exhort one another and to gather frequently, whether it be in comms or on a Sunday or throughout the week in our homes, that we gather together. And so if you decide and, and you want to stand with us this morning and say, I'm here, I belong to you, the person next to me, and I want to give myself fully to this body. If that's you, won't you stand with me? as we make a public statement this morning. Can we just lift our hands together? Just, Lord, we thank you, God, that you have placed us in a body. You've placed us to belong to one another. You've placed us among people to love and serve and, and, and enjoy one another. God, we thank you for the privilege, the absolute privilege, God, that we can gather what a privilege, God, that you want us to gather and belong, God. And so we make this decision, Lord. We say this morning that we belong to you. And we belong to each other. And we lay down our lives for this purpose. To love and serve and get your bride ready for when you return, God. Make us ready, God. Help us get others ready. Help us to put on that fine linen and clothe her and get her ready for the return. 
Holy Spirit, we know that you are the one that binds us together. You are the one that holds us together. You are the one that brings unity, God. Not our works, but your work, God. And we have this in common, Lord, that we once all were lost, all sinners, but you have saved us. For that reason, we rejoice, God. That reason, we rejoice, Jesus. Use us. Use us. Use us for your glory, God. You are worthy of it all. Can we just sing that together, just to him, the one we belong to? You are worthy of it all. Oh, for from you are all. And to you are all, you deserve the glory. We sing that you are worthy of it all. Of our lives, God, of our lives, you are worthy. Of my everything, God, I lay it all down. For from you are all, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Just one last time, every voice, let's just sing. You are worthy of it all. Jesus. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all, for from, for from you are all things, and to you are, just sing for from you, oh, for from you are all things, and to you are all, you deserve the glory. We also want to just open, if you feel like you want prayer, if you might be struggling with offense or unforgiveness, or you're even feeling like, Francois, I know you're telling me I'm belonging, and I belong to this body, but I don't feel like it. Come, let us encourage you. Come to the front. Don't feel ashamed. Come to the front, and let's pray for you. Let's pray for you. So if you come to the front for the rest of us, Jesus, I thank you. Uh, for your work, God, and I thank you for what you've done for us. And may we go this week and do this thing, God. May we not look in the mirror and see where we need to change and not change at all, God. But may we be a people of doing and do this this week and love the ones around us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, just before you come out, um, just two announcements. One, uh, the camp for just remember to speak to your comm leaders uh, for the 11th and the 13th. Uh, Razan's going to start taking names and numbers, but if the, I can ask the comm guys just to collect the names along. And then also just I f- forgot to mention we gave uh, as the elders we felt like giving Emsley a Sunday off because he runs so hard we have to force him to take off. But I'm sure he's watching at the cameras. So I'll wave to him now. <laughs> he can't stay away. But uh, bless you guys. So those of you who want prayer, please come out. We'd like to uh, pray for you. And for the rest of you, bless you. Have a lovely week. Uh, We love you all.